Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Title to today's message is, you know, where is your Moldova? Like I said, Moldova is a place, right? Well, I didn't say that. Hannah said that. And uh, we all know, thanks for her sharing, that it's sandwiched between Romania and Ukraine. And uh, we know that it's one of the more broken places in the world today. But how many know that we all have a Moldova in our lives? A place where, where God has placed us in. A place that is, even though not actually in Moldova, but equally broken as Moldova in various forms. How many know that it's not just in Moldova that people have drinking problems? How many know that it's not just in Moldova that there are broken families? How many know that it's not just in Moldova that there's poverty? How many know that, you know, that really even here uh, in the UK, there is poverty, there's addiction, there's abuse? And I really believe that God has placed us here in this very land for such a time as this. And God has placed us according to the different giftings He's given us. You know, I'm surrounded here today by people in different fields. You know, some of you are so brilliant. You're doing your PhDs and your masters and, 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 and you have the right to walk into the inner sanctum of these humongous universities. You know, the, 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 the brainy areas of university, right? There is UCL and then there is postgraduate graduate studies UCL. You know, there's King's College and then there's King's King's College. And I as in, you know what I'm saying. And some of you are so brilliant. God has uh, gifted you with the ability to make wealth and some of you are working in, in no big, you know, Fortune 500 equivalent country, uh, countries, companies uh, in this country uh, and only you can walk in there. You know, uh, I'm, I'm blessed uh, uh, to have a, 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 just a very brainy and brilliant wife uh, who is amazing lawyer and, and she gets to enter into the, the sphere of the legal industry that I, I can't just walk into. You know, it's true. I can't just walk into every time I have to pass her something at her work. I you know I have to text her and say, please come down. I'm not worthy to enter your, you know, because upon walking to that area, I immediately feel like I'm not dressed. Everybody's there in suit and tie. I only wear my suit and tie on Sundays. Uh, and uh, other days, you know, I'm just there, you know, maybe even sometimes I'll just uh, bring the dog along for a little walk uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I just feel inadequate to proceed further, but she can walk in. There are areas that God has placed you in that you have access to that I don't. And I really believe that just because you have access to those areas, and it could be an area of your study, could be your work, could even be your family or even your house. How many know that, you know, unless you live together, most people here, we don't share the same housemates. Yeah? Amen? Common sense. And so even your housemate circle, your social circle, your sphere of influence, I believe that is a form of Moldova. That, you know, people can look healthy and all right and happy on the outside, but I believe there is deep brokenness and most important, deep need to know God in their lives. Amen? You know, the problem in the world today uh, is it's really a spiritual one. 
You know, it, it's not a, 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 you know, a sociological one. You know, it, like if we were to look at Moldova, you know, it's easy to go like, oh, is it, uh, you know, what happened? Is this a societal collapse or something like that? Uh, but, you know, it's, it's really not, you know, because uh, it's, it's, like I said, even in very developed countries, uh, there are, there's brokenness. So it's not because it used to be part of the Soviet bloc. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not an economical thing because in the world's richest country, uh, there are also huge problems of poverty. You know, we have a church in Singapore and Singapore is one of the, you know, uh, really developed countries. And on the outside, everything looks okay. You know, uh, uh, looks clean. It looks beautiful. You know, um, but our church there says that, you know, one of the ministries that they get to do is to minister to the poor and impoverished. Uh, and and when you know a lot of people are surprised. Oh, what? There's poor people in Singapore, and and they say, yeah, uh, but the government does a really good job of hiding it, and because they don't want the world to know. And because in Singapore it's all about government housing, so they have specific blocks where all the poor people go to live. And it's almost like you know, let's not talk about that area, let's not show tourists that area. But you can be you know one of the world's strongest economical uh, you know like like. Countries, uh, uh, but there's still the problem of poverty and deceit. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's not a, a psychological issue. You know, it's not like, oh, the reason why people are broken is because they didn't have good parents and all that. It's not because, you know, even people with very good parents uh, can uh, be in depression, can be in addiction. The problem is really a spiritual one. You know, and, and, and spiritual in what sense? Well, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 to 5, if you allow me to just lead us to read that, in Genesis 3, 4 to 5, um, this was the temptation of the serpent to mankind. When God created mankind, He created us good. Uh, but we were tempted, we were tempted to disobey God. Now, many times we think that, oh, God is punishing us or sin entered the world because of our disobedience uh, in the form of eating a fruit. How many know that God's not angry at us for eating a fruit? It's not about eating a fruit. It is something deeper than that. It's about the, not just the guilty act. It's a guilty act is eating of the fruit that we were told not to eat. Then there must also be a guilty thought. How many know that sin or problem is not just about action, it's about thought, right? Jesus taught us that. You know, adultery starts in the heart. It's not just when you uh, cheat with your significant other, it's when you, even Jesus said, look at someone uh, with lustful intent. And so, even before Eve partake of the fruit, the sinful thought that that was, you know, accepted into her uh, through temptation is, is this. Genesis 3, verse 4 to 5. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The problem with the world today is that everybody wants to be their own God. Everybody wants to be their own God. There are some people in the world today that, you know, and we know them. We, maybe for some of them, uh, they are family members. Uh, they, they, they 
worked so hard. They would sacrifice everything uh, to have more money uh, on the basis of providing for the rest of the family, but they would not ask any help. They would work themselves to the bone because they refused to allow themselves to accept God as their source of provision. And because they would rather themselves be their own source of provision, be their own God of provision. You see, God provides. God heals. You know, God protects. God gives us self-worth. But we're surrounded by people, you know, who, who would do anything to create their own self-worth. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, self-help. But how many know that it's impossible for us to help ourselves. A broken system cannot fix itself. It needs to be helped from the outside. And that's why we need God. The problem of the world today, why, why is there war today? Why do people tear down and destroy other people? Maybe because in hopes that by tearing another person down, they will feel better about themselves because they cannot get their self-worth from God. They refuse to get it, so they rather fight and, and gain it with violence and, and other things that... That, that hurt people. Do you understand uh, that the problem with the world today is our, our unwillingness to submit to God? And out of that flows greed. Out of that flows corruption. Out of that flows violence. Out of that flows everything that's wrong with every country, this included, and our lives. And so if the problem is a spiritual one, the solution, like Hannah said, needs to be a spiritual one, and in the form of Jesus. Amen. And, and, and Jesus came. And from one tree came death. Jesus came and from one tree. How many know that another way to describe the cross is called the tree? And he was hung on that tree. We took from that tree and we received death. Jesus gave himself back to the tree and we receive life. And we serve a God who at the moment of our mistake didn't say, I'm going to wipe you out of existence. The moment of our mistake, God started planning and ultimately say, hey, your problem is my problem. And as a good parent, I am committed to solving it. And from that moment onwards, you know what we just read, it was just the beginning of the story God started his redemption work, you know, through uh, the prophets and ultimately through Jesus, you know, fulfilling uh, the, 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 you know, paying the price that needed to be paid for all of our disobedience. Amen. And, and I really believe that this good news, this, this, this is a good news. The good news is this that we all know, right? And, and we maybe should preach it, remind each other of it more times than just during Christmas and Easter. The good news is this, that God loves us. The good news is this, that we serve a God who's not cruel. The good news is this, that despite our disobedience, God came near. And He came near at all costs, including His own life. So that we can have a new life in Him. So that we can have forgiveness. Can you imagine if, if more people started to be healed by the message of Jesus, we just heard of one this morning. 
How did a person who was once addicted to alcohol and, and, and would strangle his own wife, someone that he's pledged to, 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 to love for the rest of his life, would strangle and try to kill her in the bid to make her renounce this God? And how does this person who once led a violent life be turned around to a person who now wants to give his life to God is because of the revelation of the good news. You see, when we begin to truly understand that God loves us, our lives change on a spiritual level. And then when it begins to change and heal and be restored in the spiritual level, it overflows to our psychological issues, to our mental issues, to our economical issues, and, and the list goes on. And that's why I say, where is your Moldova? Because I really believe that when God died on that cross for us, He didn't die to just start a little club called Christianity. Christianity was never, never from day one meant to be an exclusive club. It was meant to be an inclusive movement. It was meant to include everyone, uh, sinners and saints. And, you know, the truth is there's no such thing as saints. There's only sinners and, and God includes all of us. And so I encourage us, you know, that you will be inspired by, by uh, Hannah's testimony this morning and the Word of God, that we will begin to look at where God has placed us, not with just a sense of apathy, not with a sense of frustration, but with a sense of purpose saying that God, you could have, the truth is this, God could have put you to work at any company, at any company, but you are where you are today because there is a purpose. God could have put you to study at, at any university, but God, He placed you there for a purpose. God could have put you to live with any housemate in any building block, but He is there, you know, He put you there for such a time as this. And what a shame. What a waste if we lived through our entire life and did nothing with that opportunity. Amen? You know, and I want to encourage us because the truth is this, uh, I really believe that not only do we have an important responsibility to share the good news, we can do it. We can do it. And so I want to just spend the next couple of minutes just encouraging us that not only do we have a powerful, good message to share, but God has also given us the ability to do so. And so I want to encourage us by just helping us to rethink what mission is because a lot of times, you know, I'm sure you can talk to Hannah or anyone that has gone to missions. Initially, when God would challenge us to, to, to do it, the, the first thing that, that comes up will be excuses. Oh, I can't. I'm too busy. It's too expensive. If I don't know how I'm not equipped, etc., etc. I can't speak Romanian, you know. Guess what? You know, uh, you know, maybe you don't have to go to Romania. You can go to other places that you can speak the language and God can still use you. And, but what we need to understand is this that God, uh, uh, now that He's done everything on the cross, He wants us to share that good news. And, and, and missions is possible, missions is doable, missions is not as far away as we think it is, it's, it's not as impossible as we think it is. Missions is actually point number one what we are created to do. What are we created to do? Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. 
Genesis 1, 26 to 28 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This was before we disobeyed God, but it doesn't change the fact that we are all created in God's image. We are, we are all designed by God, crafted by God, and molded in His image. And out of that image, out of that design, out of that God idea, came with this you know, uh, undeniable ability to spread. The first command that God gave us is spread. Be fruitful, multiply, spread. And isn't it cute that spreading is something that all of us have no problem doing? The question is, what are we spreading? I mean, look at the world today. We're living in a pandemic. Guess what? Spreading is no problem for human beings, right? We can spread. It's just, are we spreading a virus or are we spreading the good news? Right? Those of you who have parents who, through the pandemic, have discovered the internet for the first time. You know, I was talking to Pastor Cat growing up, you know, our parents used to be so worried about us having access to the internet. But actually, it's, it's them who have issues with fake news and all that, right? How many of you have at least, you know, maybe not all, because some of you have very brilliant PhD parents, so praise God, hallelujah. You know, but how many of you have at least a parent or an older member of your family, an auntie, uncle, uh, forward you something that looked and smelled like fake news, right? You know, the, the, the vaccine, you know, changes your DNA. You know, Pastor Cat told me a very good joke. Said a colleague told her, you know, what's this about microchips and stuff like that? Microsoft can't even work most of the time. How do they put a microchip in me? And I'm like, that's a very good point. <laughs> you know? You know, Bill Gates can't even handle his own marriage. You know, how it's going to, I mean, I'm not, not trying to rack him down. But you know what I'm saying? And, and so there's, there's all these things that we are spreading, right? We're spreading misinformation, but we're spreading, right? We're so good at spreading. We're so good at spreading gossip. Ooh, ouch. We're so good at spreading. Let's go a bit more positive, okay? Uh, we're so good at spreading recommendations. How many of you here have uh, found your new favorite Italian place, your new favorite Chinese place, your new favorite Indian place because a friend told you about it? Yeah? And did, did someone put a gun to their head? Did the chef come out? So you enjoy the food? All right. Now spread it. Otherwise, we don't give you the antidote to the poison. You know, the paella you just eat has poison in it. Oh, <laughs> we use blowfish. <laughs> oh, no. No, nobody had to coerce. Nobody had to pressure. You know, if we enjoy something, we spread it. Watch that movie. You got to watch that movie. Have you binged that series on Netflix? You have to binge. What? You don't have Netflix? Come, let me share my Netflix with you. Right? And better yet, do you know there's a free trial? What are we doing? We, we are evangelists. I said that not for Jesus, but for Netflix. And guess what? Netflix didn't die for us on the cross. Jesus did. Right? I know every now and then I see a bus that has this, this brand called Pasta Evangelist. You know, because it's good pasta or something like that. But guess what? Pasta. Don't even say pasta. Pasta didn't die for us on the cross. Jesus did. And yet we, we spread, right? How many of you have uh, uh, get been, you know, when they first invented, not first invented, when, when, uh, when they were trying to get more people to go on Uber, they was like, hey, spread 
you know, share it with a friend, spread this. And you get five pounds off and you get, you know, or could be, you know, other you know, financial tech, you know, like Revolut, you know, sign up for Revolut and, 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 and uh, you know, recommend a friend and you get 10 pounds. All these kind of stuff. We're so good at spreading friends. So, so why do we allow the enemy? Why do we allow our own self to make us believe that we can't spread? So missions is what we're created to do. Missions is also the right thing to do. That's my second point. How many know that when God created us, He created us in His image according to His design? And He asked us to just spread. And that was like the simplest form of evangelism because mankind was already holy. And so we just needed to duplicate more of ourselves and holiness would just cover the whole earth. But how many know that we stopped being holy? We stopped being obedient. We started rebelling. We wanted to become our own gods. And Jesus came to forgive us and to give us a new chance, a second shot. And after He died and rose again, before leaving for heaven, Jesus said this. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. This is Jesus' parting words to His disciples. He says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The original plan was for us to just spread, and we can still do that. But Jesus had to come and redeem and now that we've been redeemed, Jesus still, do you see the, the kind of like how this command echoes God's first command? Just think about it, how poetic. Jesus' last command echoed God's first command, which is go into the world, subdue it. But not subdue it just by biological multiplication. No, not subdue it by teaching them, by, by leading them to salvation, by telling them that they need to get right with God. They need to be baptized. They need to uh, uh, repent. They need to have a change of heart and, and teach them. And, and what's beautiful is this. Initially, we were created according to God's image and God's design and God just wanted us to multiply that design. Right now, God also wants us to multiply but now His design is no longer just biological. It's spiritual and it permeates into everything. I want us to focus on this word, God's image, God's design. Because the truth is this, that what Jesus wants us to do now is this, that hey, I have a specific plan, a God design, God says, for how marriage should work. I have a God design on how, how money should be handled. I have a God design on what true compassion is. I have a God design, a God plan, a God image on how companies should be run. And how many of you would agree that there's a lot of wrong in the world today, right? Just this last week, you know, I, I, I got this, you know, just so much things have happened this last week. And, and one of the more tragic things I've heard this last week was, you know, in a way, juxtaposed against one of the other, you know, 
some people think it's interesting news uh, that happened last week. But how many know that last week, the richest person on planet Earth went to space? And, uh, but what's messed up about that is, I tell you what, why, why don't you guys hear it straight from his mouth? Just, let's just play this video clip. I also want to thank the town of Van Horn. This is a small and amazing little town. Um, and, uh, you know, we're making a, a dent in it. And we appreciate you uh, for allowing us to be part of your town. And, uh, and then I also I want to thank uh, every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. <laughs> so seriously, for every Amazon customer out there and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. How messed up is that? And how messed up is it that a whole room of people can clap for that? We all know for a fact that so much news report has been saying that Amazon employees are one of the most worst-treated people. <laughs> and if anyone here is considering cancelling your, your Prime account, I guess this, maybe this video might help. But then again, I'm, I'm not here to say cancel Amazon, but how many know that cancel culture doesn't work? You can't, canceling someone doesn't solve the problem. That's wrong. That's, at a time when there are countries that cannot afford the vaccine, the richest person in the world decides to go to space. Just last week, I heard news that, you know, there was a single mom that couldn't meet rent and was just shy of 300 pounds to meet rent. And so on the same day I heard of a need was also the same day where somebody had the nerve to say, oh, went to space, thanks all of you who you paid for this. And we all know for a fact that he doesn't pay taxes or he doesn't pay his fair share amount of taxes. Now, I'm not here, you're not here for a political lecture, all right? That's my side hobby. We can talk about that after church. But there is right and wrong. And missions is also doing the right thing. Missions is not just about telling people about Jesus. It's that when we tell people about Jesus, the world gets more right by getting right with God. And then when a person gets right with God, their marriage starts getting right, as we heard from that testimony this morning. When you get right with God, and if you become a business owner, your, 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 your restaurant, your, your company starts getting right. You know, there's a famous uh, uh, institution, a restaurant in Chinatown. Uh, it's called Wong Ke. Uh, it's known for super cheap food and big portions opening until late at night. And uh, in, in the early days, when, when even when we were studying, I was studying in Sheffield, but I would have friends say that you got to go down to London and experience Wong Ke. They say the word experience, not eat the food, but experience it. Because at that time, it was known, infamous, for having the rudest waiters. And they would chuck the food at their table. Uh, if you took time to get your order right, they would yell at you to say, faster. It's almost like you need us more than we need you. Like, eat your food, get out of there. And it was an experience. Uh, and over time, we heard that, uh, uh, you know, that the owner 
came to know Jesus. And the first thing that started changing after that was that the waiters and the waitresses there had become nicer. I'm not saying that when you follow Jesus, everything becomes right like that. But when more of Christ, you know, is, is, is spread, the world gets more right. Do you, do you understand what I'm getting at? I'm saying that in a world when there is such a disparity between those that have and those that have not, those of us who have the good news, we have an obligation to share it. And while we might not be able to solve every problem, but it, it, it starts by sowing a spiritual seed. And, and what we do might look like a dot, but when the Holy Spirit connects the dots, the beautiful picture of the gospel is formed. And so, I, I really want to encourage you guys that God has an idea. God has a design on how marriage should look like. God has an idea on how businesses should be run. God has an idea on how your studies should look like. And if more of us can just begin to do missions God's way, what I'm also telling you is this, that missions is also not just about telling people about Jesus. It's also just being Christ-like at your work. You know, if, it doesn't matter if, if you, you're a great preacher, if, if you're not punctual and you're not turning up to work on time, nobody's going to respect anything that comes out of your mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? If you are not a person of your word, where a deadline means nothing to you, you're always changing your appointments, you're never good for it. It doesn't matter, you know, if you tell your friends, hey, you can't be like that, they'll be like, please, fix your life first. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, uh, uh, missions, it's, it's, we all have one, but it also starts with us. Is the power of the gospel being showcased in our life? Because when we do that, it's not only you know, God-honoring, but it's also the right thing to do. And when we do more of that, the world becomes more right. And my last point is this. Missions is also the God thing to do. Before I end, I don't want us to misunderstand. Jesus is not a product that we need to push. Jesus is not a product. Jesus is king. He is bigger than you and me. And he invites us. Just, just think about that for a while. He is the king of kings, lord of lords. And, and he could have, he could have asked angels to spread the good news. I think about this all the time. Jesus, when you rose again from the grave, why didn't you just send one giant angel hovering over each continent around the world and just speaking the language that they understand? Imagine kind of like a giant, you know, Christ the Redeemer statue, except it's not a statue, it's an a angel that size hovering over every continent. People will be mesmerized, trying to bow down and worship, and then the angel says, no, no, no. Don't worship me, me, me. Worship Christ, Christ. And then they point. And then there's like a big, you know, the sky becomes a supernatural flat screen TV and then Jesus is there. Oh. I mean, the whole world will be just saved like that. But God chooses to involve us. That's a mystery. Why God didn't you do that? But all I know is this, God chose to involve us and says that, no, I want you to be my messenger. Me? a former sinner who still sins, kind of, sort of? Yeah, you. 
I want to use you. And so missions is not, we're not trying to push a product. It's not gaining brownie points with God. It's a God thing to do because God said it. Pure and simple. You know, we, 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 missions and anything we do with God, obedience, should never be a self-serving thing. It shouldn't be self-serving to serve God. It needs to be God-serving. And that's why sometimes, you know, I, I check myself as well. I mean, we, 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 we encourage each other by saying, if you do this, God will bless you. But, but my heart of hearts, I'm so going like, I hope you're also not doing it just for the blessing. And we're living in a world today where, where there's no people corrupt the gospel message to almost make it about the blessing. It's not about Jesus. And in fact, Jesus says that when you share what I did for you, people will hate you. People will reject you. People will look down at you. But do it. And we do it for nothing else except because it pleases God. And I pray that today we will come back to that place again. That it's about Jesus more than we can ever imagine. And that we are far more capable of doing our part because God created us to be His messengers. And as we share the good news, it's not just a spiritual change will happen in every nation, in every company, in every household, in every family, in every school. There's also going to be a righteous change because when God changes us, I don't have time to turn to it, but in the Bible, Jesus went to dine with this tax collector. It was highly... Um, suggested that he was corrupt. His name was Zacchaeus. He was a short guy who couldn't see Jesus. They decided to climb a tree. Jesus walked past and saw this guy hanging on the tree and says, Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. Let's have dinner. I'm sure Jesus didn't say, I am dinner. But, <laughs> but he says, let's have dinner. Let's have dinner. That story astounds me because right at that moment, people were shocked. Why would Jesus, this person who was performing miracles, this miracle worker, this up-and-coming young rabbi, is wanting to eat with this kind of like the whole town hates him. This is, this is we you know, this was the Jeff Bezos of his time. And yet, the first thing he did when he realized that Jesus was willing to fellowship with him, says that I give half my possessions away. Right now, I give half my possessions away. And if I have wronged anyone, come back and claim it back from me. If I've over-collected from you, come back. If, if I've been greedy, come back and settle scores with me. I will repay you four times. Do you see what happens when Jesus enters a person's life? Righteousness begins to spill over. And what started as a self-invite to a dinner party at a rich man's house resulted in a financial breakthrough for the entire town and city. You see, when you obey God, things happen. What things? I don't know, but God knows. Let's just focus on obeying Him because it's a God thing to do. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you that you're doing a powerful work in Moldova. God, I thank you, Lord, for organizations like Operation Mobilization. I thank you, Lord, for the team in Moldova. 
that Hannah had a chance to be part of. I thank you, Lord, that it is you. You are the one. Teams come and go, but Holy Spirit, you stay. And you've been ministering in town after town, changing lives, giving old grandmothers hope and joy again, bringing change and deliverance to broken families, and restoring what the locust has eaten. God, right now, we pray for Moldova. We bless Moldova. We say, your kingdom come, your will be done. All across Moldova, may the good news of Jesus Christ be preached to every corner of Moldova. May they know you because I know you love them more than we could ever imagine because you died for them. And God, I pray that we will realize too that all of us, while we are not in Moldova right now, we have an area in our life that is equally hungry and desperate for you like how Moldova is. And so God, I thank you, Lord, for where you have placed us. Why do you spend a while just thanking God? Have you ever thanked God where He's placed you? Or has there only ever been complaints? It's easy to complain how unfair or how uncomfortable it is at your work, at your place of study, at your place of stay. And don't get me wrong, maybe you're right in complaining about those things, but there is also a purpose. So would you right now, friends, across this place, just begin to thank God. Even people watching us online, begin to thank God. God, I thank you, Lord, for that job. God, I thank you, Lord, for the roof over my head. There's a purpose. Even though this job challenges my patience, but there is a purpose. Even though this job challenges my sanity, there is a purpose. There is a purpose. And part of that purpose is shining for Jesus. So God, I pray that we will also be right now aware and have our eyes open to where you've placed us and the people that you've placed in our lives. We're not here to tell other people that we're better than them. We're here to say that we all need to get better and it starts with Jesus. And so God, I pray right now that you will help us give us a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a new heart for our families, for our friends, for our colleagues for the places that you have placed us, for the jobs that we have, so that we can shine for you. And Lord, help us, Lord, to be consistent. Help us not to be a hero in church and a zero at work, but Lord, help us, Lord, to be consistent. Help us, Lord, to show what, a, what, what God's idea, what God's design for an engineer looks like, for a lawyer looks like? What, what does a God-designed banker look like? What does, a, what does a, a fashion designer made in the image of God look like? What does a student saved in the image of God look like? What does a God idea look like in the 21st century today? Lord, would you help us to be a church that does that? Help us to live consistent lives. Help us to show compassion and mercy to all that's around us. Help us to be a blessing. Help us to spread good, not bad. Help us, Lord, to step down gossip and spread the good news. 
And God, most importantly, help us to do it because it pleases you. Even if, when it's hard, help us not to give up because it pleases you. We do not need any more incentive because you've already died for us, for all of our sins. And now, Lord, just the look on your face pleases us and is all the encouragement we need. God is all the encouragement we need, friends. Holy Spirit, help us this week to be more aware, more mindful of our day-to-day. Help us to pray, listen, and obey, and witness for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.